God's design for life includes God's goals for you and I, as we'll see next. are God's goals for his saints, you and I. Specifically speaking, it's out of our series, God's Design for Life, and that's what we're focusing on here today. Hi and welcome. This is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. So we continue our series, God's Design for Life. We're looking at the goals that God has in mind for you and I. Now, one of those goals, for you to save the date and join us. After all, you're our featured celebrity at the Truth For Today Listener Celebration, Saturday, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We've got great food, great fellowship. Ron Walters is our special guest, and you as our guest of honor. Again, Saturday, June 4th. Mark it on your calendar. Join us, 4.30 to 7.30. More details at the close of our program, but for now, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast. Ephesians 4, Paul has been talking for the first six verses about the body of Christ is to be a body of unity. He has made two diverse people into one new people. Jew and Gentile have been comprised together in the body of Christ, this new man, this new unity. So instead of, you know, Gentile world, Jew and all that animosity through Jesus Christ, Saved Jews, saved Gentiles are placed together in this one body, the body of Christ. And so he's emphasized that for six verses. But now he's going to move in verses 7 through 16 to say that though we're one people, we're not all dittos of one another. We're not all clones. There's diversity in the body. There's uniqueness of gifts. Uh, There's uniqueness of roles in the body. And so he begins to show how this one people has such a diversity of spiritual uh, gifts and gifted people who render all these various kinds of service in this one people. And so you get a variety in the body. Uh, The temptation of any church setting is to clone everybody. Everybody's got to dress alike, act alike, talk alike. And... uh, that would just destroy the diversity. Have you noticed how much diversity God put in creation? All kinds. How many different kinds of dogs are there? One would be enough. Just one kind. Maybe. A little three-ounce poodle. Uh, Something that would not destroy your kneecap or your yard. uh, Or go after a child. So, but all kinds of diversity in the creation. And so it is in Christ. And I want us to be looking today at six goals Christ has for his people in this diversity, what he wants this one people to become and what he has done in order to get us there. And so we begin with verse seven. But to each one of us, that is each believer, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now, We'll find out as he goes on, the grace he's talking about is a gracious gift. A spiritual gift has been given to each member in the body of Christ. 
Now, a spiritual gift is, let me give just simple uh, handles on it, maybe to help you. Something obviously the Spirit gave you when you became a believer. It's a gift. You didn't earn it. Uh, you could seek all day. You can't get a different one than what God gave you. And this gift is a uh, supernatural, I would say, passion. It starts with a passion. It can become an ability, but it has to be developed. Passion to render certain kinds of services in the body that all the saints need. And the passion, as it's developed, becomes an ability to uh, render service in the body that builds up the saints. And there's all kinds of gifts in the body. And so when you meet a child of God, I often ask, I wonder what they've been gifted to do uniquely in the body. We've all been told to do general things, give, uh, evangelize, and do so many things. But each one has been given a particular giftedness where they seem to excel in an area. They go beyond the norm. Let's say a person gifted with a gift of giving, it doesn't mean the rest of us shouldn't give, but they, uh, they excel in it. Uh, they find a passion to do it more than the norm, finding ways to do it. So he said, each one of us has been gifted with a grace gift is the idea, and he'll develop it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. This is right out of Psalm 68, speaking of the conquering king going up to Mount Zion. And as he goes to Mount Zion, he conquers his enemies and he gives uh, victory gifts to his friends. So he quotes this of Christ. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He also descended, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. This is describing Christ, that he's this conquering king. Now, it's interesting on this word descended, uh, several views are out. Uh, one view has been that he descended into Hades or into the regions of death and for years, I, I think I, it was the view I held. It was the only one I ever heard of. But it doesn't really say he went into uh, death, or even down in the heart of the earth. Uh, I believe that he did. But here it's saying he descended to the earth. And the emphasis is on he became incarnate. He came down from heaven to the earth. And what did he accomplish while on the earth? He conquered sin, death, and the grave. And so then, after he died and was buried and rose again, then he ascended back to heaven and on his way up and in his plan, he says, don't worry, I am going to dispense gifts of victory to the church I'm beginning. I'm going to dispense the victor's booty from what warriors win when they go to war. But they give out garments, silver, food, cattle, and all the stuff of an ancient Near East monarch. But what I want to give my people are spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities, and many names, five different kinds, 
that he gave as a gift to his people to equip and enable his people to become all that he wants them to be. And listen to the gifts he gave. When he ascended on high, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. What is he saying? Christ has given some saint equippers to the church, and he names really four. He gave apostles. Apostles were those men that uh, saw the resurrected Christ. Uh, when Judas took his life, they put in a man by the name of Mattathias in Acts 1. Later on, Paul was added as one born out of due season. And so they were ones that God revealed revelation and laid the foundation for the church. He doesn't give apostles today. Uh, these were foundation stone layers, as it were. And he gave prophets. And these prophets were like the apostles. If you read Ephesians 2, they were, for the, they were New Testament prophets for the laying of the foundation of the church. And God wrote scripture through them, or God revealed his divine will through them to the church until they had a completed New Testament to know exactly what this new people was to do, how they were going to behave. Uh, we are of the opinion apostles and prophets were for the foundation of the church. They're not for today's church. And so we believe in preachers and teachers, but not in prophets and apostles for today. Uh, None of us are apostles. None of us receive direct revelation from God. Although we preach revelation. What's the difference? If a man stands up in the assembly and says, Yea, thus saith the Lord. I just got a revelation from God. Now some of you say, Ooh, now we're going to get the real stuff. What's the difference if God says to a first century prophet or apostle, I've got a word for you, write it down and give it to my people and what I say will do them good for the entire length of their earthly journey. Read what the prophet said. Even you won't have to remember everything he said. I'm going to inscripturate it. I'm going to write it for you. So I said under the teachings of the apostles and the prophets by the fact that I read a New Testament. The apostles 
And the prophets wrote the New Testament under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So these men were given to establish the church in apostolic doctrine concerning Christ, concerning life, godliness, and oh, what a revelation God made to us for our journey. Then he goes on and says, he gave evangelists. Uh, I'm named after an evangelist. You ever hear of Philip and his four daughters? I only have three. But in the book of Acts, Philip had four daughters and he was an evangelist. And uh, he lived in Caesarea, but he went around preaching the good news. Uh, and he was known for getting out good news, evangelizing people. They were not like the Billy Graham concept we have. They usually belonged to local churches. And they did itinerary evangelism around that church. They reached their neighborhood. You know, isn't it not amazing that sometimes we don't think it's sacred unless we fly somebody over an ocean? The money isn't really being used for God unless we uh, fly it over to India. What about evangelists right here in West County? Working out of a local church, telling people the good news, intentionally reaching men and women, boys and girls for Christ. And he gave to the church those who were driven with this passion to get the good news out to the unsaved and to show the saints how to do it. That, they were saint equippers too. They had to equip the saints because if anything the saints are lazy about is it's evangelism. We got a thousand excuses for why we can't do it. And, and God said, none of them are my reason for doing it. Uh, you need to be equipped in it. You need to be taught how to do it. And you need to do it. And he gave that gift to the church. Then he said he gave the gift some to be pastors and teachers. And in the Greek language, uh, there's one article, two nouns. It's a little rule, Granville Sharp's rule of Greek syntax. And I know you'll want to read that during lunch today. <laughs> that if two nouns of common words are joined by one definite article, they both partake of something in common. And what's in common here? It's one man with twofold relationship. One man is to shepherd the people of God by teaching them. A pastor has to be a teacher. All teachers are not pastors, but all pastors have to be teachers. So he said, I will give to my church men who are shepherd, and that's the word for pastor, shepherd teachers. And their contribution to the body of Christ will be able to teach my people in local churches, in resident setting, how to live the Christian life, what this revelation is all about, and equip the saints for their ministry. So we think apostles and prophets were the early church, evangelists, wherever they are, and pastor teachers. Four gifts Christ gave as ascension gifts to his church to help them fulfill his purpose and his goals for the church. Now, uh, Let's find out, what does he want those who are on this job of equipping, what should they be doing? Uh, I, I must say this, uh, being a pastor for low these many years, you would be amazed of all the expectations people have on this function. 
Many a pastor is burning out. Fewer and fewer men want to go into ministry. It's been characterized by poor pay, unreal expectations, and unreasonable people. Boards have killed men who wanted to be preachers, but they were too busy running over the preacher to ever let him do preaching. We've turned them into corporate heads. We've turned them into got to be the best counselor, got to be the best organizer, got to know how to raise money, got to know how to get along with people that God can't even get along with. Got to get along with a wife you can't get along with. Uh, Get along with a husband that his kids can't stand. Everybody's got to like you. You got to always be popular. And you've always got to be willing to do whatever. Make all home visitations. Everyone that's in the hospital, you must be there. Anyone that needs counseling, you must be there. You must be available continually, seven days a week, no matter, because you love Jesus. Listen to what um, John MacArthur says. The apostles and prophets have been replaced in the body by church planters and teaching shepherds. But the task now is the same as that of the original apostles and prophets. Bring believers to perfection. And that's the old King James word, perfect the saints, prepare them or equip them is the word I prefer. He says, my work does not cease anywhere short of maturity in the lives of the flock. My ministry will not be complete so long as there is someone in my church who is not mature. My task is not to fill the building, but to equip the saints. The call of the ministry is not a call to a profession, but to a passion to equip God's people to be something besides sermon tasters. God gives gifted men to the church, not to entertain them, not to program them, not to organize them, but to bring them to maturity. How is this done? We'll look at it in the next eight sermons if I want to. They preach, they teach, they admonish, they exhort, they rebuke, they model, they feed the church. They preach, they teach, they admonish, they rebuke, they correct, they model to the church what biblical maturity is all about. And when the saints are acting like children and childish, they have a mandate to rebuke them from the word of God and say, grow up. Second Timothy four, preach the word, Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. Whether people like doctrine or not, whether they like preaching or not, whether they're just hooked on upbeat music but don't have any time to learn the word of God, you preach. You rebuke, O man of God. You exhort, for the time will come when they will not endure sound teaching, but they will heap up teachers who keep their ears tendilated with new stuff, the latest, the this and the that, and you'll never grow an inch because they're too busy entertaining saints and no one's equipping them. Invest these teachings. I know something about it. I started a church 30 years ago. 
48 chairs, $130 a month rent. Holy Ghost Association Dance Fight Beer Garden. I had a burden not to evangelize as much as to equip if I knew as many beat up saints as I grew up with that didn't know how they were to function, didn't know their riches in Christ, didn't know what God could do with them, that they were saved to do more than to hear a preacher preach sermons and give their tithe and just show up. I thought, oh God, help me to equip some people to do ministry. The first year, the first year, we ran the bulletin off in my garage. We typed them on the old-fashioned stencils, you know, where you put the stuff in there. And it was a cheap high. You, you, at least if you didn't, couldn't afford drugs, you could, <laughs> that, that, it'd help you. Uh, and, and I did that. I typed all my notes. Eventually, my sister and they said, we'll do the bulletin and we'll come out and run it out on a, on a castetner your brother gave you. Ran that in the garage where I kept my books. Didn't have enough room in the house. Came early enough each Sunday morning that my wife and I set up the building. Just 48 chairs, though. She had to spray the wizard to knock the Jack Daniels from the night before. You can get also high. That church just come through. The, no wonder they came. <laughs> Between the bulletins and the smell of that hall, you can get a cheap high. Take the beer cans off the exit signs. And when we couldn't smell booze, the skunk was always active beneath the floor. <laughs> Truly, we had a skunk there that you didn't know which you preferred, Jack Daniels or Skunk Daniels. <laughs> Either way, the place stunk. And we started out. I said, I'm going to teach on Tuesday night, not a traditional prayer meeting. People don't go to prayer meetings anyway. I'm going to teach. The light was so dim. We had old government housing lights. You couldn't see your Bible anyway, Harley. That first Tuesday night study, we had about eight of us. My old dying daddy was there, a sister, Virginia, a wife, and maybe four or five other people. It was a little gloom. I witnessed to a bunch of young people on a Monday night after I started. And within, I would say, a month to three months, God gave me 90 young people who had just been saved. Hippie kind of kids, kids coming out of drugs, kids who grew up in religion but didn't know God. Saved, listen to Herbert W. Armstrong, listen to the, they didn't know who ought to be their teacher. They just were saved, zealous. They knew Jesus was coming and uh, they weren't as wild as they used to be. And I'll tell you, within three months, we had that Tuesday night study to about 90 to 100 people, let's say. That's pretty good for a new church. Because God designed a local church to raise its own leadership if it's doing its job. We don't have to always go to masters to hire somebody for this church. We ought to be raising some folks in this church that can lead and serve. That's what we're supposed to be doing. God didn't call me to be a college reference. He called me to the folks that never could go to college and said, guess what? I went. I'll teach you. And if the Spirit's controlling you and me, I defy you to say you can't learn the Bible. God's Design for Life. That is the title of the series that today's broadcast has been taken from, and you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. 
As we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for a marvelous celebration. You know, for almost 20 years now, next year will be 20 years, Truth For Today has been airing on this radio station. As our way of saying thank you for being a part of that ministry, we're inviting you to save the date and then join us. June 4th, that's a Saturday, 4.30 till 7.30 in the afternoon. Here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center, we have a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today radio ministry. Again, our way of saying thank you for being a part of this ministry. It is our hope and prayer that you are growing in grace, that you find these broadcasts encouraging and helpful to you. If you've got testimonies and um, just stories of how the broadcast has encouraged and helped you in your relationship with Christ, we'd love for you to join us as we celebrate together God's amazing goodness towards us as we have continued this ministry here on this radio station. So save the date. Again, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 at Valley Bible Church. For information and details, simply give us a call at 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website for further information, truthfortodayradio.org. And again, that phone number is 855-833-9864. It's a celebration I know you'll be blessed by. So make it a point to join us again June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 at Valley Bible Church. Again, call for details, 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.